Thank you for listening to Drinking with Authors. This podcast contains adult themes, adult language, adult subjects, including alcohol, sex, and solipsistic existential nihilism. And we ask if you are drinking along with us to please drink and listen responsibly. Briefs, the follow-up episode. So I um, am Erica Lynn. I don't know why I was about to say my last middle name. Erica Lance, because I've been drinking. <laughs> and um, Austin Scott Collins couldn't be with me for this particular recording, so I have a guest host, which is Valerie Willis. I have my voice now. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to be helping out. Yes. She hasn't been very helpful so far, but we'll oh. see what happens in this particular brief episode. And we are sitting here with the amazing and talented storyteller Mark Muncie. So, Mark, this is our literary brief episode. Welcome. Pleasure to be here. We're supposed to do rapid fire questions. It never ends that way because I'm usually much drunker than I started the whole thing. But I'm going to start with my first rapid fire question. What is your favorite book? Favorite book, Dracula. Close second, Haunting of Hill House. Oh. Which, uh, yeah. Uh, Do you think they did justice in the TV show? Uh, up until the last episode, yes. Very cool. Okay. What is your least favorite book? Jane Eyre. Really? Yes. It's <laughs> the worst book ever written. <laughs> Would you care to elaborate? It's the worst book ever written. Okay, good. No, I feel like... My problem was... In high school, I was forced to read that, and one class got to read Dracula, which was my favorite book of all time. Oh, no. And and then my English teacher, who we were supposed to read Dracula, she decided that since Jane Eyre was her favorite book, we were all going to read that instead of Dracula. And then I had a problem with just Rochester. I kept thinking of Jack Benny's uh, butler, Rochester. I was like, oh, Rochester? Yes, uh, Mr. Benny. Very racist character. <laughs> And so I couldn't figure out why Jane Eyre was so in love with that guy. Uh, and um, and that, that was just a funny thing to me. And so that totally made the book much better, in my opinion. But she didn't care for that, so that uh, and wouldn't let me continue that uh, thought process. So that's why Jane Eyre is the worst book ever. Okay. 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 So good. tell us a little bit about your writing process. Um, depending on the project, you know, creative writing, it's just, uh, let's, I, I, I'm not a... Uh, rewrite, 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 uh, write a full story and then rewrite. I am very much a, I will rewrite this paragraph a hundred times before I move on to the next paragraph. So I have a lot of projects that don't even make it past chapter three because, and they don't have a million drafts because I, those first three chapters are perfect. And that's how I do it for my creative writing. Now for these eerie Florida, creepy Floridas, it is digging through the notes, finding the place we want to go, and then going there, getting the experience of being there. Then we call the interview, potential interview people, try to arrange trips with investigators to go again, with this time with an investigative crew to get their story of it. And then finally you sit down with all that, and then you write the, you know, that, and then you hit the history archives and the libraries to get the final. And then that's how it comes out. So like a college research paper. It pretty much is, again. but it's uh, but it again, but then a little more fun. So yes. you know, because you're you know, you're talking about college research game. papers. You know, know. out on uh, swamp boats looking for uh, skunk apes. So yeah, yeah. I was about to say you don't get to go write about skunk ape in college. Yeah. Um, you should though. What, what would you, you say is sort of like a weakness that you have with writing? 
a weakness I have in writing is, is that I'm a, that I like to do the perfection style writing instead of just writing a draft and going back through it. If I could do that, I think I would write ten times faster, and then I could just rewrite. No, I have to work every paragraph to the detail, and and I think that would be I would be like George R. R. Martin or Patrick Rothfuss, where it would just be years between each book, just because I would have to make it perfect before I even showed it to a beta reader, let alone anybody else, because oh. that's that's it. You know, I'm, I'm done. So when you go into creative writing, it will be years between your books. Is that what you're telling that's, us? I'm afraid so. That's why I don't think I'll do series. I don't think I. I don't want to put people through what I have had to go through for uh, Dresden Files or or uh, Game of Thrones or King Killer Chronicles. You know, it's it's really interesting being on the fan side of that because we talk about because we're all writers here, but mm-hmm. being on the fan side. I will probably jump punch George R. R. Martin if I see him, just yeah. on principle at yeah. this point in time. And I think a lot of people would cheer me on, especially if they'd see a video of that, just like you know what you did, it's, like you know. And it's just that they're not, you know. And uh, what's that? Uh, Neil Gaiman said, uh, you know, you, you know, he tells all the fans, you know, we're not your bitch. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we can't, we can't, we have to, we have to do what we have to do, and we have to let the creatives be the creatives, and that's. And I'm 100% that, you know, it's, but it's also, it's very frustrating from a fan point of view. Yeah, it it makes me feel bad because I was doing pretty good at releasing a book a year for the Cedric series, but this last one, because of the amount of research that I'm having to do, it's not like pushing two years and I'm like, I'm so sorry, people in my newsletter. Well, Eerie was three years ago, Freaky was a year ago, and Creepy just came out. And I don't know if we're going to get the next one out next year because honestly, it's a lot more work and it's a lot more detailed. So it'll probably be a following year, and I can see how the deadlines slip and all that. And I know that's going to upset some people, but it's it's the way it is. Plus, we're filming stuff now, but at least that'll give them some instant gratification. Yeah, it's interesting because you know we get to wear both sides of that, but I can still be mad at George R. R. Martin. I don't. I don't care what Neil Gaiman said. <laughs> Get this shit together. Just throw it together. Just anything. Give us. The series did it for you. Just write that down. Make it make it faster. I'm just happy the new Dresden Files is coming out this year. That's exciting to me. So That's my favorite book series. So Very cool. So I find in um, Val, you know, I asked Val when she was on the podcast, but I find, like, I have a word that I tend to use over and over again bad on the habits. creative. Oh, he just started laughing. So yeah, I know it's there. Habit. We're about to get to that. Uh, so what is your word or thing that you just, re- you have to watch yourself? Mine is the word realize. I've said that before on this podcast. But I, everybody realizes something in my stories. It's my, my editor, <laughs> my, my our wonderful partner, uh, Elizabeth Abbott, says you have to stop starting every sentence with the because it's the ghost did this, the guy did this, the history did this. And she's like, do you know how to start any sentence other with the? And I realized at that point, <laughs> that's what I had realized. <laughs> and I was I like, realize. oh my gosh, I do the. that. The, 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 the guy, the, this. And it's when we're writing, it was, the problem was with uh, Creepy, because Creepy was always the ghost, the history, the, 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 the this, you know. And so that became, uh, okay, got to rewrite the entire book. And I literally, quite literally sat down, rewrote the entire book in uh, two weeks. Wow. Wow. Because I just had to do it. I had to clean it out. I was like, oh, my God, she's so right. And and, uh, and that is our quote at the 
as we do Erie Travels and we do all our things, Elizabeth is always right. Became our quote. No, that's awesome. Is there a word like Neil Gaiman? And I agree with him. You know, de despises the word moist. Is there like a certain word that <laughs> irks you <laughs> when um, you see it in in literature? I'm gonna make sure I put moist in every email or text you. My, I get I get waves of gifts now because I this has been revealed. So, guys, author Val Willis sent her every moist. version of moist yeah. that you can no. find. Alabaster is the one that gets me because it's always her alabaster skin, her alabaster skin, her alabaster this, the alabaster of that. And it's always in some romantic, trying to be romantic. And it's in every fantasy novel when somebody's trying to write a romance scene, they talk about her alabaster skin. And I always am like, there's other words that you could use instead of that to describe clear, you know, beautiful skin. And it's just like, oh my God, alabaster, why? Yeah, and it's just, I don't okay, know what it is, so but that's what to the audience out here, if you want to make Mark super happy, yeah. describe everything you sent to him using the word using alabaster. alabaster. The, the alabaster, alabaster finish, milk I drank yes. today. Yes. The alabaster <laughs> finish on my sports car. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I just that was in the seventies and eighties. That just seemed to be the word of word choice, of and it choice, just would yeah. pull me right out of a scene. No, now that you mention it, I'm like, like recalling all these books that I've read because I'm in fantasy romance yeah. kind of Rome, and I'm like, this is also probably why he doesn't like Jane. And, uh, yeah, Jane exactly. Yeah, because I'm pretty exactly. sure she uses that one. A lot. I think she used it a couple times. Yeah. A couple times. <laughs> yep. Yeah, alabaster. From that point on, it's dead. It's dead. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you like to read. I can guess on some of it, but what what do you read frequently? Besides, I know you're reading a lot of history and research for I, your book. That's obviously. that's that's the day job almost. You know, is is, is reading the history and stuff. Uh, I like reading that. Uh, I love reading alternative uh, history, which is always fun. Like the if this had happened, uh, one of my favorite series is is uh, 1632. From Eric Flint, and it was—it's uh, a great series where this town in West Virginia in the year 2000 gets sucked into the middle of the Thirty Years' War in Germany, and in 1600s, and they have to survive and they have to scale back and and, and redo. And they form the—they realize they're in an alternate timeline, so they form the United States of Germany and have to survive against Cardinal Richelieu and all these other great things that are going on. If you haven't read it, it's an amazing story. And in the series, he's one of the few that opens it up to other authors. Oh, wow. So you, as long as you co-publish with him, you can write your own 1600s tale with modern people stuck in 1600s. So it's a very cool series. I love That's one of my favorite reads. Hello, and this is a break in our literary briefs to tell you that sound you just heard was a weird static that occurred for more than two minutes during the recording of Mark Muncy's literary briefs. It's just more proof that when you talk about spooky things, spooky things can happen. Now back to the podcast. We're not going to name what that was, but not, not going to lie, that was terribly, terribly freaky and no, creepy. We, we, had, uh, we went to the Devil's Tree in Port St. Lucie, and uh, this is tied to a 1970s guy with three names. Uh, if there's and if you know about anybody in Florida who has three names, they're either famous for one or two things: they're either a politician or a serial killer. Yeah. This was a serial killer, George John Schaefer, and he murdered people and tied them to this tree. But the tree itself has this long history of causing satanic activity and on dripping black sap that you could use for 
making your rituals more powerful and all this. And, you know, people say he was inspired by the tree rather than the other way around. around. So people go to that tree. And we went there one day and they still had, uh, there was wax on the roots where people had been doing rituals that morning oh. we were there. Uh, it was crazy. Um, but while we were there, we were trying to t- take filming and do uh, filming and stuff for uh, web stuff. And sure enough, none of the half our pictures came out scrambled. Video was weird. It definitely had some odd energy about it. So, yeah, stuff like that happens. And it's just like, okay, yeah, there's a little take, a little piece. See, yeah, maybe but, but, but why, why, while that happened, you said uh, it's Robert. So oh, Robert's is, fault. Yeah. That's so what does Robert that make reference yeah. to? Because I know, but you that's know, for but our the listeners. may not. We call it uh, Robert did it is tied to the great Florida. Uh, legend of Robert the Haunted Doll, probably the most haunted doll <gasps> in the world. Yes, he lives West. down in Key West and uh, next to Captain Tony, my favorite uh, Key West character. Um, you go visit him at the Fort East Martello Museum. He's this little doll. He's about two feet tall. It's made out of leather. And um, he's been there over 100. He just had his 119th birthday pretty recently. And um, he, uh, there's rules when you go visit Robert. Yes. It's a great story about Robert. You should read it in Erie, Florida. Yes. Uh, it's the last yes. chapter in that book. But there's rules when you visit Robert. If you you have to be nice to Robert, you got to be polite. And then the other thing is, is you can't take his picture without permission, or bad things happen. And there's this wall behind him. It used to be filled with letters, but then Hurricane Irma came and wiped out all the letters, so they've got it digitally archived now. But you can still read the letters because they flash them up on the screen. And it's all these letters of people apologizing to Robert for not taking it seriously. And for doing you know, taking his picture without permission, and because bad stuff has happened to him, and we're talking like car crashes, plane crashes, family businesses failing, wow. and they all blame it on Robert. And um, and and my favorite was uh, dear Sir Robert. I like to call him Sir. I'm sorry I made fun of your leather face and called it stupid. Leather is actually very nice for a face, and you are quite handsome. Please remove your curse. We get the message. Please fix my eye my Xbox, and my marriage. And oh. I love that he put it in that order. I just thought yeah. that was fantastic. Uh, but that's, you know, so that's, you know, for people who poke the bear, you know, we go, yeah. that's one of our rules is don't poke the bear. We don't, we, we're not one of those that goes out and taunts the ghost to get a reaction or anything like that. Uh, we are actually there just to get the story. And same with Robert. We very nice to Robert. And our pictures of Robert in the book have special captions that say printed with permission. How, how do you get permission from Robert? You ask him. You just ask. Does he tell you? You you you'll know if you didn't get it. So that's all we can say. So um, and uh, he's actually on Twitter at Robert the Haunted Doll. So uh, or at Robert the Doll. So you can follow him there. And that's terrifying. Yeah, it's a scary thing. He's the inspiration for Chucky. Yes. yes, and he actually has more terrifying stuff attached to him than Annabelle, oh, which yeah. is the Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, the Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. That had that. Yeah, uh, Robert's pretty creepy, and uh, and still an amazing story to talk about and stuff, and um, just uh, you know, quite quite an awesome history behind him too. Well, it's in the book. We're not going to take away yes. from that because yeah. everyone should buy that book. Okay, but we were back to writing. Uh, we were talking about writing and um, uh, so forth and so on, but. You know, you got inspired to do this based on haunted house you were running in Tampa. We talked about that in the previous yes. podcast. But 
when you're when you're looking, did you actually think when Erie, Florida happened that this would become really this big of a thing? I mean, as authors, we all hope things take off, yeah. but were you like, you know what I'm going to end up doing? I'm going to end up writing a series on all these stories. I Well, when we pitched it, we pitched it as this big 100,000-word, you know, giant comprehensive encyclopedia of all the monsters and ghosts in Florida. And they're like, scale it back a bit. We don't really do that. We like more regional stuff. But then they said, but we do want you to do all of the state. And so they gave me a limit, and so we did it. Um, and I did want to do a follow-up. Uh, so yes, I did a little bit thinking about doing a follow-up because I wanted to put the rest of the stories in. I did not expect it to be what it was. And I did not expect that call immediately going, hey, remember you said you had all those other stories? Let's, let's get those out there. So no, I did not expect, we were hoping for three books in, but I did not 100% expect three books in. So, and now, and now we're expanding that beyond because I thought I'd do these a little bit just to have something, knowing that these would sell. I did know these were gonna be big. I just didn't think they were gonna be this big. Uh, and then, but I did not expect it to become the overarching now that that's all I'm going to be doing for a little while. And I, I don't think it will be all I'm doing, but I do think it's going to be the majority of what I'm doing for a little bit. Well, you're also doing a TV show now, too. Exactly, so. which is a different, completely different thing that I expected uh, that came out of nowhere when uh, doing all these interviews and podcasts. Somebody's like, hey, you tell good stories and you look really good on camera. Let's, 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 uh, let's do this. And then, you know, you can be a talking head. And then, then it became a, you know, it was funny because they basically pitched it to me as doing kind of an Anthony Bourdain meets Ghost Adventures. Because I would go to these places and I would talk about the restaurant nearby that was actually a really good place to eat that had some historical ties. And then we'd go to this haunted house and we'd investigate. And then afterwards, we'd, I'd be like, you know, right over there is this other really cool place. And this is the producer said, you know, why don't you do that? Make that your show. Talk about the really cool restaurant. Talk about the, the, the ghosts and then go to the other place that's even scarier that they, that they don't know about. And so I was like, okay, well, it's not going to be Anthony Dordain meets Ghost Adventures. It's going to be uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives meets Mountain Monsters. And yeah. like, okay, <laughs> that's good. It. And let's do like it. it. And so that's, and that's where we're at. So. Well, I, think, I think that's better because, you know, Ghost Hunters and stuff, yeah, they, they have their thing. But yeah. I think they miss a lot trying to go for a shock value, oh. trying to agitate the space, trying to do it because you they do a little history, but they, I think that a unique part of what you've done, and I, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to read your first two books. I haven't read your third book yet, but is that you do get a little of where it's from, and yeah. that to the point of our earlier podcast is it makes it scarier. Yeah. It's actually scarier than having a bunch of people set up a camera, turn out the lights, and go, what was that? What? Did, what? did you? Everybody run out of the building. Did you hear that? Everybody, let's play the tape back. It and makes you're like television, but yeah. it, it definitely is not a storytelling. And, that's, and, and I know during the break you had mentioned that you want to do like a Pulp Fiction Noir yeah. piece. Do you think part of the detective work you've done for the history has inspiration yeah. for, for and that's, your... That's definitely where it goes. It's definitely one of those. It's like, I want to show that there's more to the... But even that, that goes back to the old role-playing roots, you know, especially those old Call of Cthulhu and Chill and um, Bureau 13. I'm going to mention that a hundred times. It's for those who've never played it, it's awesome. Bureau Probably 13, role-playing. One of the best role-playing games of all time. Gotta do it. By the great late uh, Richard Chicholka. Um, but... Um, it's it, a lot of big chunk of that was always the research portion, and you always had the research skill was trying to 
because it wasn't just, oh, you know, look at Supernatural. Even Buffy did that. Now, Buffy, Buffy was like one of the first shows that really showed that. It was like, it wasn't just, oh, let's go, how do you, you know, but it was, how do you kill it? How do you kill it? Even Hellboy, that's his thing. How, you know, just tell me how I kill it. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, but I love that that research part is such an important part. That goes back to Lovecraft. That goes back to even Bram Stoker's writer, Abraham von Helsing. I mean, he's a researcher. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the part that I like is, okay, you can't just go, okay, it's a ghost. Let's get rid of it. Well, why is it here? What does it want? What is it doing? Why, what is it, you know, is it actually something we need to get rid of? It could be helping. Yeah. Know? If you keep be keeping back something even uglier, exactly. maybe do some research before. Exactly. It's actually funny you say that because I mentioned Supernatural a couple times, but I always thought it was funny because when we, me and my boyfriend sort of been watching it together, and I, he's like, this is so surface deep. He gets irritated by flawed plot lines in it. And I'm like, dude, it's a CW show. Just yeah. like bring yeah, it. Just, that you, just this, is, this is not HBO. This okay? is for fun. It's, this know. is for fun. But one of the things that was interesting is in the first um, couple of series of it, like the first, um, it did. they did research. They yeah. went and went, okay, this is a, like even the first episode was The, the Lady in White. Yes. You know, and they had to go do research. And it wasn't just find her bones and do that. They, she had to find what she was tied to, all right. this stuff. And that was so amazing. And then all of a sudden, they stopped doing it. They just bust into doors yeah, and are like... Became, that became the formula for the show. Yeah. Uh, we used to know one of the mythologists for that show. He was a local in Tampa Bay. And uh, he was... he was They sidelined him after the third season because they didn't really... The mythology wasn't as important at that point. It was the show's mythology became the important part. So it's sad that that happened. But that's one of the reasons I loved uh, Buffy and Angel so much was that they didn't do that. They kept, kept them all up. the way up to the end. There were still, even the final battles, they were researching stuff and had research departments and stuff like that, which was very cool. So Now, right now, your, your Florida-based stories, do you ever hope to branch further out? That's Erie Travels is going to be our first step for that because, like I said, we're doing Mothman and Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Right. We're doing... Uh, um, some other monsters that uh, are a lot of fun all over the place. And we're hitting some crazy locations on the way. We're going to hit Gallenberg's Mysterious Mansion. Uh, and we're hitting, uh, gosh, just lots of fun just all the way around. And, and some good places to eat, too, because I like to eat. So No, good places to eat is key. It's interesting you say Mothman because they put that in the new Fallout game. Yeah, because right. it's Seven, the same place in West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, and there's a huge homage and has some of... They're made up history or real history. I'm not sure because I don't know that much about Mothman, but they put a bunch of history around running into Mothman in that game. It's a definitely a you know it's a real it's a real story from the '60s and uh, and people to this day you know believe that this is probably one of the most famous monsters of modern history. I like some of the side characters. There's a character called Ingrid Cold, who's a um, the Smiling Man, and he's seen a lot around the same time. He doesn't seem to talk normal and he's always smiling he wears this bright green reflective suit and he talks like he doesn't understand how certain words work and uh he's been very influential in modern pop culture and all that because he's kind of the first men in black type character character, yeah so um and then he's just tied he appeared shortly around the same time as mothman so he gets tied to mothman although he's his own thing which is very cool and, and they call it Mothman, but he looks more like an owl, which is yeah. uh, interesting to us, especially if Carrie is from an artist's perspective. She's been having, you know, fun with that. Cause, but so, yeah, that's, that's another, you know, that's a famous one. 
but then right around the corner, there's some not so famous ones, and that's what we love. That's what we're going to be digging into too. So, what's your favorite, at least so far? Because I know you haven't unearthed everything, so <laughs> you've got to have one that is like, this is one of my favorite stories to tell. So, what what is your like, or what was one that you were like, child. I can't wait to find out about this particular one because yeah. It, yeah. it, you know. I mean, for me, it's. I've always had the fascination with the lake monsters. You know, Nessie is the you know the golden grail for Europe. But then we had Champ, and we had Chessie, and we have all the um, the American versions. And Florida had Pinky, and I gotta say, Pinky is just probably one of the coolest stories that you know. He's, he's our Nessie, lived in the St. John's River, and we got stories of sightings of him. You know, for hundreds of years, and it tons of different versions. But then the one from the 70s where he was bright pink, colored ball trumpet, and the name Pinky Sticks. Um, <laughs> but then we had stories of people who found his body years later, and it was washed up on shore and then just disappeared. You know, like the government came and took it and stuff like that. So that, to me, is some crazy stories. And I love that. So I love the lake monsters. But for me, the Holy Grail would be to is is um, aliens. Aliens. Is, okay, so that begs like if you could have a profession mm-hmm. of what would be considered a real or imagined profession, because we're writers yes. and we're creative, would you be a man in black? What would you? I, would, I would love profession? to consider I'd be like one of the Project Blue Book guys, like Heineck, you know, going in to just try to get the real story, what right. happened, um, because that guy he 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 did that. I mean, he went yeah. to debunk. And he debunked a lot. And then about halfway through, he realized, I'm debunking things I shouldn't be debunking. And, I'm, and they're, they're taking my words and changing them to make it a debunk when I didn't. And so he became one of the biggest advocates for it. And I think that's what I would love to do is just be, you know, hey, call me in. I know what I'm doing. You know, what's, what's the, the classic? Everybody's always like, so, Mark, what are you doing with all this mythological knowledge and all this folklore knowledge? I said, because someday I'm going to get that call. I'd be like, what's that, Mr. President? What do I know about manticores? Know Just about I'm goddamn everything. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that Send the team. Other, other I'm on my way. <laughs> you need to have a suit ready. Do you have like a whole outfit ready? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you so need to have a whole outfit. I, I kind of want, want, want the Hellboy. We were talking about Hellboy earlier. Hellboy. I kind of want the Hellboy <laughs> kit where he just pops open. He's got all the shells. You know, it's like, okay, this is... Um, this just goes back to our old role-playing game, Bureau 13. They had the bandoleros with special bullets, and one of them was, you know, they had a kit. So I, we're fighting a were-mollusk. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, we've got something that's close to that. Let's see. <laughs> so this is bone uh, of an ash tree picked by a left-handed virgin on the light of a full moon, you know, <laughs> on the southern Carpathian Mountains. So It'll let's kill put it. that bullet in. Yeah. That shouldn't come... It'll at least do something to this yeah. thing. So. It'll at least yeah. wound it. it, it it'll, it'll, it'll clear just about everything. So, yeah, I'd love to have one of those old classic vampire hunter kits with just a bunch of random vials in it and just be like, yeah, that'll it's work. Christmas. Yeah. You, 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 I'm not going to lie. You maybe should create this look and put it on because people will role play as you then. 
like I, I, to me, one of the big things that I can't wait for is somebody to show up at a table where I'm doing a signing dressed as one of my characters. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. So I think you need to put this together for the back of your next book we, so that you you have that with your case and it open to show yeah. what's in it and let people role play. Or a short story blog series yeah, of him going out and doing these adventures. Now we did have. I think my favorite moment, though, Carrie and I had that at the Southwest Florida Paranormal Con. The second year, we'd come back for Freaky. After that first year where I talked about being West Road Baptist, we came back for the second year, and this time we were headliners because we oh. had been such a hit oh, the yeah. first year. <laughs> and we get there, and there are people lined up waiting for me, which was interesting. I'm like, whoa, you know, waiting for us because they were waiting for Carrie, too. There was this one little girl waiting right at the front. And her parents were behind her, and they had a dog-eared copy of Erie, and they had all these little bookmarks in it, <laughs> and it's where they had gone on their summer vacation. They went to every location and did our trip and checked it off. That was her idea to do, and they were buying Freaky because they wanted to know where they were going next year. Oh, my goodness. That, that made that's my amazing. heart grow three times that day. So. <laughs> Look, it's the Erie Grinch. No. Okay, so what, because um, we have to wrap up here soon, unfortunately, but what is one nugget you would give writers out there? Write what you know. Don't try to, you know, don't, if you don't like a genre, but you want to write in that genre because you think that's where the money is, don't do it. Uh, write what you know. Uh, write what you love. That's all I can say is if you write what you love, then you're not forcing it. You're not trying to make it happen. Um, we worked on Creepy longer than we worked on the other two books because I wasn't happy. Like I said, I didn't want to write a ghost book. I was like, this, I can only do this so many ways. But then I found a way to make it click right. and to get into the stories more and to get into the storytelling aspect of it. And then that hit me, and I was like, that's it. I got it. You know, and, and we'll talk to the witnesses and get the ghost stories, and then I can do the history behind it just like always. But the story hit me. And I was like, yes, this is... But for a year, we worked on it, and I couldn't crack it. I could not get it flowing. It was just... It was drudgery, and I was not happy with it at all. And then it hit, and it, within then three weeks, I wrote the whole thing. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. It's always it was, amazing when you go from forcing yourself to just letting it happen the natural yep, way. Yep, exactly. And then even with my perfectionism, I'm going back and going back and going back. But even then, at this one... I blitzed it so fast, I had to have editors go back and fix it because I was just, I got on a tear and I just fell in love with it. And I was like, this is it, this is it. That is awesome. That's how it goes. Okay, so now you got to tell us where to find you. Yes. Again, uh, Erie, Florida. Well, this is a whole different podcast. podcast. It is. Don't again, Mr. No, I'm just saying. (laughs) This is the second Wednesday you're on. All the time is that, uh, again, you can find us at erieflorida.com. Uh, that is where we are. You can link to all our social media. Any future projects will be there. Uh, EerieTravels.com just got purchased, but we haven't really done much with it. It just links to Erie, Florida right now. Uh, but that's where all our social media, our YouTube and uh, Insta and Facebook, all the, we're on all the usual channels. Uh, but you can also, that's where we post anytime we get on an awesome podcast like this. If, mm-hmm. if, if they you. let us share it, we'll put it there too. Uh, but that's also where our shop is, and you can find... Um, our books there with special carry will draw in them for you and I'll uh, do some uh, words of wisdom in them and then uh, also if you um, 
you can find us just about anywhere, though, because our publisher is everywhere. So the largest independent publisher in the world. So it's crazy. You, you'll find us in the weirdest places. But you can also get us... Cracker Barrel, by the way. Cracker Barrel. When you're in a Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. Uh, Ace Harbor, Harbor Freight. We, we've got the Harbor Freight market. <laughs> the Harbor Freight. we got the Harbor Freight market. We were in Costco last year, which was nuts. And... Uh, um, we did book signings in Costco. That's that's an unusual thing because people yeah. kept coming up to us thinking we were sampling stuff, and we're like, no, that's across the hall. We're uh, we're just selling. We don't books. have the pumpkin pie here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't have. You should have probably put pumpkin pie on your table and, 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 and buy the book. Yeah, it would have been. You know, buy the book, get a free pumpkin pie. Uh, but um, you know, but we we do a lot of appearances. If you go to our website, you can follow us around our different cons and different conventions because we hit them all. And um, and now it's funny because our publisher now has, I guess, they have a West Coast version of us. That started doing it, uh, but that's the only two of all their publisher of all their authors that are actually going crazy and doing conventions and stuff. So they're trying to get more into that. So you know, if you're looking to write, you know, some fun stuff in your local, you know, reach out for uh, History Press. They'd be uh, they'd love to hear from you. And obviously, we've learned from this particular version of the podcast one that Mark is completely amazing, even though we all knew that. And uh, two, do he not wants say alabaster. Yeah, <laughs> say alabaster say as much as it. possible. Don't use it in romance. Yes. When, when you ask him to sign your book, can you say can you sign it to alabaster? Yes. And then the it's other thing, my alabaster skin. The other thing we learned is obviously somebody out there needs to cosplay for him and cosplay somebody <laughs> he wrote about. Yes, so please absolutely. feel free when you go to the cons with him. Oh. Your cosplayer to cosplay anyone in his book, you'll you get awesome pictures. Some cryptid. Oh my gosh, I would love to see somebody cosplay the Trestle Bridge monster from Tampa Bay. Oh that would be. It's basically a modified Slender Man, which would be great. To see okay, the, the challenge has been issued out there. Yes, it's out in the open. I want to thank you guys again for coming on the podcast, the wonderful, amazing Mark I'm Muncy. sorry Carrie talked so much. She, yeah, just, she just, I mean, oh, ruined geez. everything. We're just babbling <laughs> on about much. things. <laughs> Amazing artist, though. And thank you, Val, for coming and helping me out when Austin couldn't be here. Absolutely. Anytime. And we are drinking with authors. We look forward to hearing, seeing you next. No, you listening to us next time. I can use true drunk words. Okay, thank you for being here. <laughs> See you on the other side. <laughs> See you on the other side. Stay